Hello again. So we have been in this series on James for about three years now. Um, so we're in James chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. And we're going to start reading very, very quickly. Um, James 2, we'll start reading in verse 14. And through this series that we've been looking through, um, the book of James, and we looked at a lot of practical things, you know, suffering and how to deal with suffering, temptation, how to go through temptation, anger, and how to deal with anger God's way, partiality. I mean, we've talked about a lot of things in this series. And tonight, um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. So, um, can we pray one more time just for the message tonight? God, um, please speak to us. God, as I open my mouth, I pray that my words will be hidden from, um, by your words. That you will speak very, very clearly tonight and not me. And um, God, just prepare our hearts for that. Just um, If there's students here who um, are just dealing with a lot of stuff, I pray that you just, um, just take their minds off of those things um, for just a few moments so they can um, truly hear from you, God. I'm praising your name. Amen. All right, James 2. We're going to start reading in verse 14. It says, What good is it? My brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works. So let me, let me just say this. Um, if It's really important that you focus tonight because it, it, can, it can be confusing. So let's, let's, let's try to put our thinking caps on. <laughs> and, and let's do this. It says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? Now, this almost sounds like a works-based salvation, that in order to be saved, you must have good works, good deeds. But what these verses are saying is that true faith transforms our conduct as well as our thoughts. We'll look different after we accept Christ into our lives. Can you be a follower of Jesus, and at the same time, excuse me, can you be a follower of Jesus and be at the same time and be the same as people who don't follow Jesus? Can you be a follower of Christ, but at the very same time, you're just the same as the other people who do, do not follow Christ? Your actions are the same. If your life isn't different, is your faith real? So James is kind of exploring this. Verse 15 says, If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in food, daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them things needed for the body, what good is that? And James is like, so here's James. He's like, what if you know someone who's hungry and someone... It's cold, and you say to them, here, have some food, and take my sweater, but you don't give them food, or you don't give them your sweater. What are you? You're kind of like a jerk. 
<laughs> I mean, your, 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 your words don't match your actions. They mean nothing. You've said the right thing, but you're not doing the same thing that you're saying. Verse 17, so also by faith, so, sorry, so also faith by itself, it does not have works. If it does not have works, it's dead. So faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. So James says that this is not real faith. This is not what it means. This, is, this isn't what it means to follow Jesus. You can't say that you're a follower of Jesus and not do anything about it. You can't just come to church and sing songs and read your Bible and get plugged into small groups. You can't just do those things and think that you're following Jesus. Those are things that we do if we follow Jesus. But just by you coming to church, just by you, you know, doing these things doesn't mean that you're a follower of Christ. It must show up in how you act. Our faith should make a difference in how we treat people. Our faith should make a difference in how we treat others and how we treat our parents and how we interact with people. It should make a difference in how we approach our schoolwork and our job, if you have a job. It needs to make a real difference. Otherwise, it isn't real. It means nothing. And if your faith doesn't show up in your actions, James is asking, maybe you need to evaluate whether you're a true follower of Christ. Verse 18. But someone would say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. So some people might be thinking that it's possible to have faith in Jesus, but it doesn't need to show up in your actions. And James thinks that that is impossible. That you ha- if you have faith in Christ, it shows up in how you live your life. <clears throat> what are you really showing is that you know Christ in your head, but you don't know him here in your heart. And it doesn't, it doesn't show in your actions. You know, a few weeks ago, I kind of talked about my testimony. For years and years, I grew up in church. I was a very good person, person, but I knew Christ in my head, but I didn't know him in my heart. And it wasn't until that happened that my actions started changing. He says, even the demons believe in Christ. They know that Jesus exists. They know that he's powerful, but it doesn't change them. It's just head knowledge. If you claim to follow Jesus, but it doesn't make you act more like Jesus then it's just head knowledge, and that's not good enough. So let's, let's read the rest of these verses, and then let's talk about it for a little bit. He gives some examples here. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not, a, um, was not also Rahab, the prostitute, justified by works when she received the messengers, from the, received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also the faith apart from the works is dead. Now, how many of you guys are confused right now? Anybody? 
Um, this almost sounds like it's a works-based salvation. Everything that we talked about, that in order to be saved, you, got to have, you must have good deeds. But what these verses are saying is that true faith transforms our conduct as well as our thoughts. If your lives remain unchanged, we don't truly believe the truths that we claim to believe. Now, just to be clear, make sure we're all on the same page. We cannot earn our salvation. I think most of you know this. You cannot earn your way by serving or obeying God. But such actions show that our commitment to God is real. When you do those things, when you, when you act on those things, works of loving service is not a substitute for, but rather a verification of our faith in Christ. So what I want to do with our remaining time is actually look at two different verses. Um, I want to look at a verse that we just looked at in James chapter 2, and also a verse found in Romans chapter 3. So look at these verses very carefully. Here, here's James 2, 24. You see that a person is justified, and that word means just to be made right, to be, to be made righteous. A person is justified by works, by what they do, and not by faith alone. Okay, that's what we just kind of talked about. So you're made righteous by your works and not just by faith. Romans 3.28 says the opposite. For we hold that one is justified, one is made right by faith apart from the works of the law. So you're made right by faith and not by works of the law. Sounds like James and Paul have this little contradiction going on. So which is it? Are these two verses contradicting each other? Do James and Paul have kind of butt heads here? Let me give you this analogy, and hopefully this will help you understand this. Let's say you walk into the doctor's office, and you're in the waiting room. And there's no, there's, I know there's no way to really do this, but you've seen the movies and stuff, so it's kind of there. So you're in the waiting room, and you see the doctor walk into one of the patient's rooms. And he's like, you ever hear the doctor tell this patient, Okay, you need to get active. You need to start running. You need to get off your lazy butt and do stuff. Okay? Then the doctor walks out, and he walks into another room. And you ever hear the, the doctor tell this patient, okay, you need to stop being so active. You need to slow down. You need to just take it easy, take it chill for a while. Now, is that contradicting? No. <laughs> It's different patients. See, this guy over here, he's a little bit overweight. And he needs to get off his little honey and start doing some stuff and start losing some weight, start being active. This guy over here, he just tore his ACL. So he needs to take it easy for a while. He needs to take it easy and get off his leg, off his knee, and just chill for a while. Two different patients. James is writing primarily to religious people who don't do anything. They've been going to church for a while. They've been going through the motions, filling the blanks, yawn, and that's it. They're not doing anything. They're, 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 they're Christians. They're there, but they're not doing anything with their, with their walk with Christ. So James is like, you're made, excuse me, you're made right 
You're, 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 you're good with your, with your walk with Christ, but you're not doing anything. You need to get busy. You need to start working more. Get out of the stands and get into the game. Start serving people. Paul was writing primarily to Gentiles, new Christians, recently converted pagans. And they're all terrified. They're like, am I going to hell? You know, do I, what do I need to do? Do I need to give more money? Do I need to sacrifice? Do I need to be circumcised? Do I need to do this? Do I need, what should I do? Do, 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 do. And they're like, Paul's like, no, no, you don't need to do anything. Christ did everything for you. You just need to have salvation comes from faith and faith alone. Stop trying to do your way to God. You cannot work your way to God. So two different audiences that they're speaking to, different patients, different problems, different treatments. So if you're writing to religious people who know everything but do nothing, you're like, do something. If you're writing to people who are doing a lot but haven't realized that Christ did everything, they need to trust what Christ has already done for them. So Paul is primarily focused on how we become Christians. James is primarily focused on what it means to live as a Christian. That once Jesus invades your life, it changes you. So you're not saved by your works. You're saved to your works. You're not saved by your works. You're saved to your works. And there's a difference. So in our remaining time, let's look at four different things from this, these two passages so we can reconcile James and Paul. First of all, James emphasizes horizontal faith and Paul vertical faith. Paul was, was about your vertical relationship. How do I get into a right relationship with God? James was about your horizontal relationship. Once you have a relationship with God, what now? How does that affect community and relationships and loving people and serving people and helping people? Once you're connected to God, God wants you to connect, wants to connect you with others. It's kind of like when, when, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And pretty much the answer is, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. Love God. That's your vertical relationship. And once you connect with God, then you need to connect with others. Love God, love others. So Paul was like, you need to love God. You need to get this right. This is what's the issue. And James is like, okay, you got this, but you're not doing anything. You're not loving others. You need to start loving other people. So James emphasizes horizontal faith, Paul, vertical faith. Number two, James emphasizes the end of salvation, Paul, the beginning of salvation. So Paul is saying you start your relationship solely by trusting in all that Jesus has done. And James is saying, and 40 years later, when you're looking back on your life, you see that your life has changed. You can see it. I met Jesus, and my life has changed. My desires changed. My mind has changed. The way I spend my money has changed. The way I invest my time has changed. There's been a lot of change that's happened in my life because I met Christ. So if you come to me, if you ask me, how do I know that I'm a Christian? Some of you are thinking that. How do I know if, if, if my walk with Christ is real or not? I'll ask you two questions. One, do you know Jesus? And two, what has he done in your life? 
Do you know Jesus and what has he done in your life? If you say, I don't know Jesus, then you're not a Christian. It's pretty simple. If you say, yes, I know Jesus, then let me look at your life. So I made a decision for Christ, fill in the blank, five years ago, two months ago, three years ago, last week, whatever it is, you fill in the blank when you met Christ. Great. What has he done in your life? What has he done? You cannot meet Christ and stay the same. When you meet Christ, your life changes. If your life hasn't changed once you met Christ, then you need to evaluate that. Your life should look different as a believer than it did before you became a believer. So what are you doing that you didn't do before? Like serving. You know, you, before you met Christ, you probably didn't serve. What are you doing that you didn't do before? And what are you not doing now that you did before? That's talking about sin. Your life should be different. Number three, James emphasized religious lazy people and Paul the lost people. Religious lazy people are like, you know, yeah, I was in this Bible study years ago or I came to church years ago and I think I got all my questions answered and I kind of put the Bible down and I don't even open it anymore. I don't read it anymore. I come to church like twice a month or whenever I feel like it and, you know, I get mad when people sit in my seat so I just leave and don't come back for a while and, you know, it's just, that's it. You listen to music, like, yeah, that was pretty good. You listen to a message, like, well, that'd be really good for so-and-so, but not for me. Lazy people, religious lazy people. And what James is saying is, you're coming, but you're not doing. You're coming, but you're not doing. And that's for some of you. You're coming to church. You're coming Wednesday night surge. You're coming, but you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. And what he's saying is, get off your butts and do something. Do something. Paul was talking to the lost people. Maybe once you live in this kind of terror that, you know, is my life really good? Like, if, if, am I good with God? Am I going to heaven when I die? Am I going to hell when I die? And you might, you might have lived in this kind of tension. And some of you may be like this, but imagine every time you come to church, you need to be saved. Like, I had a girl in my last youth group. It's like every time I gave an invitation, like she gave her life to Christ. It's like, no, no, you don't have to give your life to Christ. You did it once. You're good. It's kind of me coming home from work every, every day. It's like Tiffany's like, hey, can we get married? I'm like, no, we're already married. We've been married for 15 years. It's like, well, I just kind of feel like we got unmarried today. It's like, no, we're not getting married again. We're married. That makes no sense. But some people feel like they have to get Saved again and again and again. And you don't have to. You don't have to. Some people, like, I love Jesus, but oh no, I did something wrong, and now i got to get saved again. No, you don't. And Paul's like, take a deep breath. Stop trying to do stuff. You're good. It's faith. Number four. James emphasizes works that complete faith. Paul emphasizes works that compete with faith. There's a difference. Works that compete with faith are religious routines and traditions that compete with faith in what Christ has done. There's a difference with works that compete with faith and works that complete faith. I don't just live with Tiffany. I married Tiffany. 
And that completes our covenant together. Look back at James um, 2.22. It says, you see that faith was active along with its works. So they're working together. Faith was active along with its works. And faith was completed by his works. So they're talking about two different kinds of works. Different kinds of works. Paul was saying there's a bad kind of works that, com- that competes with your faith. Like You've got to do certain things to get to God. And that's what Paul's talking about. Those are the bad things that compete with your faith, that we don't need those things. And James is saying there's a good kind of works that complete your faith. And that's what we need. Verse 26 says, faith apart from works is dead. So which comes first? Faith. Then works. You don't work your way into faith. Your faith works itself out into your life. Listen to what Paul says. This is found in Ephesians. That might be on the back of your handout. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. This is Paul's words to a different audience. He says, for by grace. In other words, you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. So you really can't lose it. It's grace. If God gives you something you don't deserve, you can't do anything for him to take it back from you. It's a gift. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, through trusting in Jesus. And this is not your own doing. So it's not the works. It's not your works. It's not your own doing. It is a gift from God. So it's Jesus' works. It's not your works. It's through the grace of God. It's Jesus' works. Verse 9, not a result of works. So this is talking about the ones that compete with the faith so that no one may boast. In other words, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship. (laughs) We are his workmanship. Jesus worked for you on the cross and through the empty tomb. Jesus is working for you, changing your desires, changing your nature, changing your mouth, changing your lifestyle. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Not the bad works that compete with faith, but good works that complete faith. Not works that you're trying to make yourself into a Christian, but works that show that you are a Christian. That's Jesus' work for you. That's Jesus' work in you. That's Jesus' work through you. But it's all Jesus' work. And there is a difference. You're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Two good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. And we don't do those works, you know, giving, loving, praying, serving, growing, helping, fill in the blank, trying, caring. We don't do those things out of legalism. You need to do this to get to God. But we do those things out of love. Jesus has done this for me. He's served me. He's loved me. And now I'm going to love and return. I'm going to serve and return. Jesus wants to do that through me. He loves me. I love him. He served me. I serve him. And that's 
what I want to do. That's what I want to be like. If I could just summarize this in one sentence, it would be this. Internal devotion to God, which is faith, produces external devotion to God, which is works. Internal devotion to God, which is faith, produces external devotion to God, which is works. Because a good tree bears good fruit. So, here's my question to you as we wrap this thing up. Is which message do you need to hear tonight? Maybe you're here and you have been a Christ follower for years. Maybe James's message is what you need to hear. That you're a Christian, you've been a Christian for a while, but you're not doing anything. And he's telling you, you need to start doing something. You're not saved by your works, but you're saved to your works. So get off your lazy bums and do something. Some of you are not serving in the church. You need to start serving in the church. There's ample opportunity for you to do that. There's mission trips that we take that you can serve in. We do several trips. There's two international trips that we're taking. One to Cabo and one to the DR next summer. Camp Barnabas. We just got the dates for those. June 16th through the 22nd. And these are going to be a little bit different. It's developmental disabilities and autism. If you've done that before, if you've done Camp Barnabas, it's a little bit different than, than years past. But Camp Barnabas is a great way for you to come and serve. Doc Zazo, you'll hear more about Doc Zazo next week. There's a mission trip coming up in December that we want you guys to be a part of. But there's possibilities. There's possibilities here in this church, in your school, in the community. So some of you need to hear James' message. You come to church, you're faithful to come to church, you come to church every week, you're there, you're, you're doing it, but you're not doing anything. And that's James' message. Some of you need to hear, need to respond to Paul's message. That you just need to have faith and rely on Jesus and what he's done for you. Some of you have never accepted Christ into your life. Some of you have been so concerned about you have to do certain things, do certain things. I'm a good person. I got to come to church. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got baptized as an infant. I got to do that. No, no, no. None of those things save you. You coming to the surge every single week doesn't save you. You coming to church makes you a Christian just as much as me going to McDonald's makes me a Big Mac. It makes no sense. So some of you need to hear Paul's message. And stop focusing on your works, trying to work your way to God. And realize it's by faith and faith alone. So where do you need to respond? Some of you are like, Tim, how do I do that? How do I respond to God that way? How do I accept him to my life? You can talk to your small group leader, but simply you just got to pray. Simply pray and ask God to take away your sins. Ask God to start this relationship with, with him. And he is faithful. He's there. He's there. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive you for your sins. 
and you can begin this relationship with him. But again, talk to your smart leader. Talk to me after this, and we can kind of talk through this some more. There's two messages. Two messages. One, if you're a Christian, what are you doing in the church? If some of you are serving, that's great. Some of you are not serving, and that's not good. We're called to serve. Some of you, you think because of your you're a good person that you're good with God. And the Bible doesn't say that. It's by faith, by placing your hope and trust in Jesus. And some of you are going to freak out if I don't give you the last blank because you're OCD. Basically, love God and love others. That's what it comes down to. Paul's message is loving God. James' message is loving others. And we're called to do both. We're not called to do one of them. You don't pick and choose. We're called to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbors as ourselves. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. And um, can I just pray that through my um, jumbleness that it, it made sense, that the message was clear, that students here who are not plugged in, they're not serving, that they will get plugged in and serve. And students here who, are, who have not accepted you into their lives, who are I'm just trying to figure this whole thing out, that you just make it very clear to them that they cannot work their way to you, that you did all the work for us, and we simply need to trust you. Your word says that you are faithful, and you will respond, and you will come and be a part of our lives. So guys, we leave this place and we go to our small groups. I pray that you would just guide the conversations. pray that you would just um, meet us there and that you will um, continue to speak to us through um, our small group time. I pray this all in your name, Jesus.